Hey, what's up, everybody? It's episode 17 of the Follow You Anywhere podcast, and today we are going to be talking about following God through marriage. And Cam's not with us today, but uh, that's okay because I'm not married to him, and so I figured (laughs) I would just uh, have my life's partner and ministry partner and... uh, the most beautiful woman in the world. I uh, figured I'd have her on here with us today, and uh, her name is Lauren. Hello. I'm excited to be here. It's interesting um, to be on a podcast with you because I have no idea what to expect, but I'm excited. I think this is going to be good. Yeah, it's just going to be like talking on a normal day, just going back and forth, <laughs> except we've got microphones in front of us now. And, and people can hear what we're saying. Headphones on and... But it, other than that, it's just like talking to each other any other day. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and dive into it, babe. All right. What are we diving into? Marriage. I think that's what we're talking about, right? That's our topic. So how about the first thing that we talk about is um, how we met. I think that's a fun story. Have you already shared that story? I know you've shared your story of coming to Pace, and Cam shared his story of him and Courtney getting to Pace, but have you shared our story? No. Why don't you kick it off for us? Okay. All right. I'll share. Wait, wait, wait. Before we do this, we do need to mention uh, why Cam's not with us and why we're not talking about preachers and sneakers because we had mentioned that that's what we're going to be doing today. So (laughs) the plan was to do this recording before he left to go to camp. He's uh, doing a camp this week with his band Alive by Sunrise, and we were going to uh, record on Thursday, but on Thursday, Courtney got in a small fender bender. Uh Actually, it wasn't super small. Uh, they had to but she's okay. She's go okay. to the hospital and make yeah. sure everything was okay with the baby. But everything's good. She's okay. And uh, that's great. But for some reason, he was more worried about his unborn child than he was doing the podcast. And so... And his wife. And rightfully so. And here we are talking about marriage. <laughs> uh, so... We didn't get to record, and so now, because he's already gone, I text him, and I was like, so I think me and Lauren are just going to go ahead and do a podcast about following God through marriage, and want to make sure that was cool with him, because, you know, he's married too, and we had talked about maybe doing one on parenting, and we're still going to, but not today. We're going to do one on marriage. Yeah. And so, why don't you uh, talk to us about how... The story began. All right. Well, if you are a member of Emmanuel or our previous church, or you have had many conversations with Jeremy and I, you've probably heard Jeremy joke and say that I chased him for years, um, and he laughs about it, and everybody in the congregation laughs, um, but it actually is a true story. So um, it was a rainy night, and I was 14 years old, Jeremy was 15, and I was in church, Um, It was a Sunday evening, and I'm sitting on the back row, and in comes this boy that looks just like Justin Timberlake with the curly frosted tips, 
and I looked at my friend and I hit her in the arm and said, I am going to marry him. Um, and you were walking in one Bible in one hand, you're, um, and your ball cap in hand and you were walking, I think it was with Michaela, um, down the aisle as y'all were walking in. I was like, oh my gosh, he's hot. I'm going to marry him. I was 14, you were 15. And, um, I wish I could say that we started dating immediately. Wait, 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 wait. You keep did, going between what? second person and third person. You can't do that when you're telling a story. <laughs> You talking? Are you talking to me? Or you can talk to our listeners. You talking, talking to the to listeners both. and saying there was this guy, and then you're looking at me and saying you. Oh, like, wait sorry. a second. Who are we talking about here? Yeah. It was all me. It was all you, babe. First, second, and third person First, all second, together. And third. That's right. Right there, walking in. Hot stuff. Knight in shining armor. Well, you weren't a knight in shining armor. I didn't need one. I was 14. But oh, sure, babe. Every girl needs a knight in shining armor. Even at 14. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. I guess some could. This I did. pretty messed up. That's true. You need I, rescuing pretty early these days. That's true. I had a pretty stable, a very stable um, upbringing and parents and home and all that. So anyways, Jeremy walks in. I look over to my friend. Actually, I hit her and say, I'm going to marry him. And funny story, she says, well, he just blew up the chemistry lab. And so I laughed That was about a slight that. exaggeration. Just all, a bit. all the stuff about looking like Justin Timberlake and being the hottest guy and all that <laughs> stuff. That wasn't an exaggeration. But the chemistry lab part, that that was a little bit of an exaggeration. Yes, it was. I Apparently, didn't blow it up. Right. Well, to her, you did. And so, anyways, that's my story. Don't take my story from me. It's funny. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's right. Um, so, anyways, Jeremy and I um, very quickly became friends. We actually became best friends. But then... Jeremy, you started dating all of my friends. What in the world? But you wouldn't date me. How rude. Sorry. Keep going. I, <laughs> I I'm listening to this something. story. No. I'm just so, listening to see how this story ends. Oh, okay. Because his version's very different. So anyways, he dated all my friends. I chased him. He knew I liked him. Everyone knew I liked him. And then um, I was dating someone. And um, I had just given up um, that you were going to follow God and listen to God and just realize that we were supposed to be together. And you didn't. So I started dating, got in a serious relationship. But then one day you called me and you said, God said, we're supposed to be together. And I was like, what? Okay, pump the brakes. I'm going to have to break up with this guy so that I can be with the man of my dreams, the one that I've always wanted to be with. And, um, what, six months later, you proposed. And then six more months later, I think we got married. So it was a pretty fast. Um... So we need to talk a little bit more about <laughs> the reason behind getting together and getting married. Because you just talked about how hot I was and I looked like Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and then you said, Maybe I but you weren't following it. God. And uh, so that's not, that's, yeah, that's, that's not, not true. That's not typically how God works. Right. I know. So Jeremy was actually, and I do keep going back and forth. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to confuse the listeners. Um, But Jeremy was very much, um, who he is today is basically who he was then, just extra goofy. Um, And more hair. I had more more hair. hair. Yes. A lot more hair. You did. And I, I loved the hair. Um, But I like your bald head now, so it's good. Um, But I did... Um, what is wrong with you? Just tell your story. <laughs> trying. <laughs> You're making me laugh. Um, 
<laughs> oh my goodness, you seriously are making me laugh. Okay. Um, seriously, what was I about to say? Oh my goodness, this is horrible. You were telling the story about how much of a... Oh, he was a Christ follower. He was one who knew a whole lot about the Bible. Anytime I would ask him anything, he just knew where it was. It was the craziest, coolest thing, and I loved that. I Googled it. She still didn't know how to no, use Google No, you did yet. not. You did. You had a Razor flip phone. Actually, not even that. The internet was not on there. You didn't have the Bible app. You just knew where those things were, and it just it it meant a lot to me, and God meant a lot to me, and so um, when you called and said, hey, God said we're going to get married. Oh, and also, um, I've been called into the ministry. And I was like, wow, okay, because I feel like I've been called into the ministry. And so I just didn't quite know what that meant. And then in that moment, I was like, this is it. So yeah, that's the story of how we met. What is your version? So mine, um, you know, the whole part about you thinking I was the hottest guy you'd ever seen and... (laughs) Like chasing after me, that's all pretty true. Um, but you're saying that you were the hottest person. You're saying that about yourself. N- well, no, <laughs> I'm saying that you thought that. That's right. I mean, obviously, you can't call yourself hot. Yeah, that's. No, I'm not saying that. I know. I'm, just I'm saying you a hard said time. that. I did, and I didn't disagree with you. So, yeah. um, I didn't disagree with you. Okay. I agree okay. with your story, the details about it. Except, you know, the whole dating all your friends thing. Um, It wasn't just that I was like, oh, no, I'm going to date all of her friends just to show her that I can. Um, No, you genuinely just didn't look at me that way. Yeah, my priorities were a little different, and uh, they tend to... They tend to change as, as you grow older, and that's one of the things that we can talk about when we consider marriage, like what's important in marriage and what does it mean to be a godly husband and a godly wife? Because as I started growing in my walk with Christ, I began to realize um, being hot was not the most important thing. Like uh, it's definitely important to be attracted to the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with, but not the most important thing. And for some reason as a teenage boy, that was like the most important thing. And kind of tends to work that way for teenage boys. Yeah. Jonah's going to be a teenager. Oh, my gosh. Don't even say that. Like, he's only nine. He's It's right <gasps> around the corner. Oh, my gosh. That's four years. Yeah, but he's about to turn 10 this year. Uh, so then it would only be three. Don't do that to me. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. But anyway, th- those are the priorities of a teenage boy. And as you begin to grow, uh, those priorities begin to change. And there are things that you begin to consider that... Uh, they, they they take priority. Uh, you know, a woman being a follower of Christ and being a godly wife and a godly mother. And, uh, of course, everybody has their own story and circumstances change and life changes and uh, stuff happens. But as you go through your life story and your priorities begin to change, then uh, that's the part that you you didn't really highlight. It was just, oh, yeah, you dated all my best friends and then said, oh, it's time <laughs> to get married. Right. But because it was such a God thing that I called you up out of the blue and said, I feel like this is the direction the Lord is leading me. And 
we need to start this relationship and you'd been chasing me for all those years. And finally And I up. mean, I was a dream come true. So obviously <laughs> when we got married, it was like a perfect marriage, right? No problems ever. Exactly. We have never argued. I never left you for a week and a half. Yeah, none of those things ever happened. Oh, wait, but they did. Yeah. yeah, so um, no matter how, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about with marriage, no matter how much the world might try to make it look that way, or people on social media might try to make it look that way, there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. So the first thing that I just want to say to any listener that's married and in a, a marriage that you're not happy with, or anyone that is considering marriage or looking for a husband or looking for a wife and you just feel like you can't find the right person, I just want to make sure that we clearly communicate that there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. And the reason there's no such thing as a perfect marriage is because marriage, even though it is a gift from God, it is between two sinners, two sinners. And because it consists of two imperfect people, marriage itself is imperfect. Now, it's a perfect plan from God. And if we, if, if we operate within marriage the way that God intends for us to, then it could be a perfect marriage. But it never will be because we tend to like to do things our own way. And that's the problem with people in general. And um, the reason that this world is broken is because of sin. And we'd sin and like to think that uh, we know better or, you know, we make decisions based on our feelings, how we feel. That's dangerous because at the end of the day, we're sinful, and uh, we have sinful hearts, and so. Um, and also, I just want to add to that. I feel like a lot of people. Was it last week that you were talking about misconceptions for people in the ministry? Uh, was that the wording? Yeah. No, so Not misconceptions. well, so pastoral misconceptions was last yes. week. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that one of the misconceptions, you know, um, and I can't remember if y'all mentioned this or not, was that people think that. Some in the ministry, like they hold them, like put them on a pedestal, like they're perfect. And um, some think that pastors and their wives have this perfect relationship, and that's not true. And I think some of that is because, you know, we come to church and we're not being fake, but, you know, we come to church and we're here to do God's work. We're here to fellowship with others. We're here to hear from God. And so when we come in, um, We leave all that at the door, and we may pick it up when we go back out the door and still argue with one another. But when we walk in, you know, we're smiling, we're happy. Um, Not to say that there's not days when I come and I don't look like I'm happy. Um, But I do think that some have the misconception that our marriage is going to be perfect. And, of course, those who know us know that that's not true. And, of course, those who, you know, really think about it know that there's no way that two sinners can, you know, be completely happy um, together. And, of course, we want to be happy, and we are happy, but there are trials. There's tribulations. There's, you know, 
then you add kids to the mix. Um, and that makes things really difficult. Um, just adding in kids who are not listening, who are not behaving and they're going crazy, then we're going crazy, but yet we're supposed to be getting along perfectly or also throw in, you know, one of us wants to discipline one way, one wants to discipline a different way. So there's a lot that can go into, um, conflict in ways that are reasons why it's not perfect. Yeah. And it didn't take very long to figure out that there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. So man, yeah. Why why don't you share some of our learning experiences and maybe that can be an encouragement to our listeners. Um, Lauren's going to talk about all the mistakes she made when we first got married and how she messed up. And (laughs) even though she had a perfect Husband that oh, was stop. so hot and looks just like Justin Timberlake. Not only was he just this great guy, but he never made any mistakes. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. then she woke up. So go That's ahead and right, tell I us. Uh, go ahead and tell us about some of so, those experiences. Yeah. So, I mean, when we first got married, I was twenty. You were twenty-one. I was living at home. Um, I went straight from mom and dad's house to a house living with a man who did not make as much money as my parents. And I remember one specific trip that we took to Walmart and um, we were walking around throwing food in, you know, just different things that we needed. And um, you may not even remember this, Jeremy, but I threw in a hairbrush and you said, you have like three, you don't need that hairbrush. I said, I I like it. Like it's another one. It does blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Probably teased my hair or something. And you're like, but you don't need it. And I got so mad. I was like, what do you mean? I don't need it. Yes, I do. And so we sat there and argued over a hairbrush, which seems so stupid. Um, But I think that, you know, just figuring out how two people come together as one and our finances are one. And, you know, I think I was making like $9 an hour and I work two days a week. And so it's like, you know, you can't just go crazy and spend all this money. Um, and I honestly didn't have a concept of money. I, you know, was not really responsible for a lot of things. Um, I was extremely blessed growing up. I had more than I needed. And so that was something that was hard for us in the beginning. Yeah, it was a good thing the officer was there to break up the fight. <laughs> no, he was not. Well, I mean, the um, way you described it, you were like, we just got in a knockdown drag out right there in the no, middle of Walmart. But we did argue back and forth. And I think I glared at you and you glared at me. And, you know, I don't think we growled at each other and yelled at each other. We weren't cussing at each other or anything like that. But we just, we were not happy. And so there's a lot there just in that one yeah. story. So that was very early on in marriage. And, you know, as I think about that situation, which, by the way, I don't even remember that. So Of course you don't. Uh, I don't even know. Are you sure that was me? Honey, yes. Y'all, he does not remember anything. He remembers, uh, like, all this stuff from the Bible. But I'm like, hey, do you remember how you proposed? Uh, no. How did I propose? Was it with a hairbrush? No. <laughs> All right, so no, yeah, no. I remember how I proposed. I told you how you, how I proposed. I know it. No, you don't. Drew a picture because I was that, an artist. But that wasn't it. And then, yeah, there was the back of the picture in the poem or there something. There was like with a the, scavenger hunt yeah, that, that too. led to a scrapbook. Exactly. That, led to a that was it that you drew. Like I said, just like that. Just like you said. Just like that. Yeah. But you know, just in that situation, so you got several things going oh, yeah. on. So before you even have kids, like when you have kids, then oh yeah. The stress just so gets 
We love our children. We do. And, and we have three. parenting is a gift. Yeah. Children are a gift from God. Yeah. Won't trade them for the world. But we do, we are but, two but weeks without children. But it does cause children. some additional challenges and in marriage. And we're two weeks without them. And uh, we're celebrating <laughs> a couple of weeks where we get to just spend time as husband and wife together and... You should do that. Uh, yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. Yes. Because okay, we need sorry. to talk Go about ahead. dating each other. You, yes. You're getting me distracted. I know. I'm, I'm trying sorry. To, I'm trying to talk about something else right now. Woman. We're going to talk about submission here in a minute, too. Okay. I was going to bring it up, All but right, go so, ahead. That uh, was my main thing. Yeah. So uh, that was your main thing? No. Well, that's because you're the wife, and the wife is to submit to the okay, husband. Now. So that would Hold be on, something cowboy. that you would like to talk about. But right now, I'm going to need you to submit <laughs> to what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and let me talk. <laughs> so, so a couple things going on in that story. So the first one is long before you have children. Um, you're going to have some tension because of finances. Oh, yeah. Like, money's stressful. It is. And money matters. And, uh, you know, people don't like when you talk about money in the church or when you ask for money or talk about tithing or anything like that. But Jesus has a lot to say about money. We talked, we did an episode about, actually a couple episodes, I think, um, early on in, in our podcast series about following God with our finances, but, um, you know, not talking about money as a married couple is a really, really bad idea. Oh yeah. You, you need to communicate, um, not only, uh, what your priorities are in how you spend your money. You need to have a budget, um, and you need to, be on the same page when it comes to how you're spending your money. And don't let money be something that divides you as a couple because that's what Satan wants. I mean, Satan wants you to find every reason that you can to not like your spouse because what he wants more than anything is uh, the opposite of what God wants. And if God says that uh, what he's joined together, let no man separate, the last thing that or, or the first thing that Satan wants to do is separate, cause division, uh, so really discord, and, and he's good at it. So you got the financial situation going on there, and a difference in how we viewed finances and how we looked at money that we were learning about early on in our marriage. And then on top of that, you got um, a different upbringing and, yeah. and different uh, experiences as children and as teenagers, as we look back, we can see like we went into the marriage with a totally different worldview when it comes to finances because of the environment I grew up in and the environment that Lauren grew up in. Right. And it's interesting because we just thought we both love the Lord. Everything is going to be okay. We didn't factor in all of those differences and we didn't factor them in until they happened. And, you know, submission was a big one. It's something that, you know, um, I wasn't really familiar with. Um, you really were familiar with it. And so, you know. Well, not from personal experience, because I didn't submit very well. <laughs> no, you did not. Right, you not were even, not good. Not even to my parents. You were rotten. But that's a different story. It is. Uh, but I'm talking about, like, with, you know, our With parents, the hairbrush. 
and with different, you know, aspects of relationships that we were used to. Um, I said, listen here, woman, don't make me call this police officer over here. We are not buying this hairbrush. <laughs> no, he didn't do that. And, you know, I think actually, I think we actually left with a hairbrush. We probably did. I Who knows did. what I did? Because I don't even remember this story. Yeah. But, uh, yes, yeah, s- submission is... Um, Definitely important. Uh, there's got there's got to be a, a leader, and God not only designs marriage to be a permanent thing, but He also gives the husband and wife different roles in the marriage. Not that the husband's any better or more important than the wife, or the wife's any less important than the husband, but they do have different roles, and those roles are found in Ephesians five. And if if you want to look at a passage of scripture. And, and learn about what it means to be a godly husband if you're a man or a godly wife if you're a woman. Ephesians 5 is a great place to start. And when Paul starts talking to the church of Ephesus about the role of the husband and wife, he opens it up immediately in verse 22 and says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So talk to us a little bit about Submission, woman. First of all, y'all, I'm just kidding. I don't I just ever have talk, to say, I don't he ever does call not you woman. talk to me like that. <laughs> I do not bow down to him. It is not like that. Um, he's joking. Um, but, you know, oh, submission is such a heavy topic. And I think it's something that so many people think, oh, that's just like from way back when. That's not something that we do now. Um, but just recently, I was reading First um, Timothy two, and we were talking. It was looking at um, you know women in the church, and so there's been so much controversy over that here lately. I was like, I want to dig into this more. Um, and what I found was that specifically in verse eleven, First Timothy two verse eleven, it says women are to learn in silence with full submission. And of course, I saw that word submission, and I was like, oh, let me look into this. But then I also saw in silence. Um, I was like, huh, what? Like, we don't just listen in silence and don't say anything. So what does this mean? So I was looking back um, and digging into it more and saw that in those days, the women were confined to their homes. Um, They were not allowed to attend corporate worship and they were not taught the Bible much. Um, But slowly women were allowed to um, enter corporate worship and, you know, spend time with them as a whole and, you know, I'm thankful that that's not where we are today, that I am able to be in church. And, you know, that wasn't something that God ordained. That's just something that man said. They thought that the woman was just supposed to be in the home. Um, So things definitely have drastically changed um, from then. But it seems like some are wanting to take it like even further today. They're like, oh, well, all of that's changed. So we just need to continually change. And one day, you know, women just will not submit. Well, I don't agree with that. Um, and even me as a wife, I'm saying I don't agree. As a wife, I am saying that the Bible says that we are to submit and it's biblical. Um, and I think that it looks different for everyone. Um, you know, for us, I feel like it might be a little bit easier because you are Um, a Christ follower. You are someone who wants to lead the family well. You want to lead the family by the Bible, by God, by Jesus, by what he says. Um, 
So I think that we have an advantage in that because, you know, it's easier because I know that you're not going to be taking us the wrong direction. Um, But, you know, there's just simple things throughout the day. Um, You know, I'm like, hey, maybe we should take this vacation and go here. And you're like, you know, babe, we really don't have the money for that right now. And I could throw a fit and say, yes, we do. And I don't even, you know, look at our finances that much. Um, But you say, no, we, we really don't need to. And so I say, okay. And it's little things like that, which some people, that would be a huge blow up argument. Um, But I feel like that's a simple thing where I'm just saying, okay, I'm following your leadership. I'm trusting in you, what you think that we need to do. Um, And then we just go from there. Yeah, uh, that's all really good and good context and understanding for, to understand what was going on in that day and age. But I mean, I think that's, that's really good for, the wives to, to hear that and to, to understand what submission is and what it's not. But the way a marriage is supposed to work is for the wife to do what she's supposed to do while the husband does what he's supposed to do. Right. And so I want to finish. There's two sides. There's yeah. two sides. And I want to finish reading that passage of Scripture in Ephesians 5. And let's just talk about it a little bit so we can... Uh, kind of talk through the role of the husband and the wife. It says, wives, this is Ephesians 5, verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So not only are you supposed to submit to your husband, but you're supposed to submit to your husband just like you submit to the Lord, which is full-heartedly, not based on conditions, but based on your love for the Lord. It says for the husband... Can I just add something real quick? It's also not based on if he is doing the right thing. Um, We ladies do not only submit because he's doing the right thing. We don't only do what we're supposed to do because he is. Sometimes we have to do what we're supposed to do for him to follow suit and do what he's supposed to do as well. And that's something that we learned early on. Yeah, so, so the only reason that you should not submit to your husband is if your husband is telling you to do something that clearly uh, goes against God's word. Definitely. And so like buying a hairbrush <laughs> does not clearly, it's not supported by God's word. Right. Um, putting a hairbrush back, because that's what I said to do. Put the hairbrush back. Yeah. Evidently. I don't remember the story, but that's what you say. Yeah. But putting a hairbrush back does not contradict God's word. And so I I think there's a danger in saying, oh yeah, I'm going to submit to him as long as he's right. Because if being right is not biblically based, then basically the wife can say, well, the reason I didn't submit is because he wasn't right. And then that's not really submission to your husband at all. That's submission to yourself. Yeah. Because the only time you're going to follow is if you feel like it's right. Well, that's the only person you're submitting to at that time is yourself. So if the only reason that you ever do what your husband says is because you agree with him, then you're not submitting to him at all. But uh, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, so there's that leadership role. As also Christ is the head of the church. So there's a comparison made there. Jesus is the head of the church, and Paul compares the husband to... Christ, who is the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, 
So let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. And so when we study the Word of God as the church, we don't study the Word of God, or we shouldn't study the Word of God and say, oh, well, I really like what this says, and I like what that says, and so I can get behind that, and we're definitely going to preach and teach that because we like that. But I don't really like this part of the Scripture, and so we're just not going to do things that way. Now, there are some that have that polka dot faith, that fast food spirituality, where I'm going to grab what I want on the go, and I'm going to leave the other behind. Somebody else can order that off the menu, but I'm not going to take that. Yeah, but that's not true Christianity. And so just like it's not true Christianity to say, I'm going to do this that I like that Scripture says, but not the other, uh, so it is the case with the wife. She submits to her husband in everything. But then here comes the word to the husbands. Husbands, love your wives, not just love, okay? We think about love, we're like, oh, yeah, I I love to hunt. I love to fish. I love pizza. I love tacos. Like, Like we just throw that love out there. (laughs) Cupid. Like Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. I just, I I, I love. I love, I love, I love. We we use it really flippantly. Um, But he doesn't just say love your wives. He says love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And he loved the world perfectly. And gave himself for her. And so he gave himself for the church. And so how can the husband claim to love his wife when he's not even willing to sacrifice, when he doesn't consider her opinions? This submission is not... Hey, as the husband, I'm going to treat my wife like a doormat. Is she going to do what I say when I say to do it because she's supposed to submit? Well, yeah, buddy, she's supposed to submit, but you are supposed to love her as Christ loved the church. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, encouraging her in the word, pointing her to Christ teaching her scripture through your leadership, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Here it is. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become Come on. one flesh. And the wife said, Amen. Bone of my bones and flesh oh my of my flesh. I'm just saying it's biblical. It That's is. all I'm just it's it biblical. Is. It is. Um, but there's there's two things that are happening here. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother. There's a leaving, and when you leave your father and mother, it's not just a physical leaving, but it is a cleaving. 
it, it, it is a, an emotional oh, yes. leaving. Yeah. It is a spiritual leaving. Financial. It is a financial leaving. It is a confidentiality leaving. Yeah. It, it means that when you leave your mother and father, you still love them. They're still mom and dad, but they are no longer your primary concern. When you get married, your primary concern becomes your spouse. And so there's the leaving and the cleaving. The two shall become one flesh. Now, that's something we had to learn. We had to learn that because there was a physical leaving and there was a physical cleaving. But there were a lot of other things that you were still pretty dependent Upon yes, your I think we need to go back to men and husbands loving their wives first, though, before we tackle that, because we talked a lot about submission. And most of your followers, I'm assuming, are men. Right? My followers? Followers, listeners, what are they called? Well, why would you assume that? You don't think women care what I have to say? They do, they do. But I do think it's important for us to look at that a little bit more. So I have a question for you How can husbands love their wives well? Uh, well, they can, first of all, the, the thing that's the most important is that they are, uh, showing them that they love them by caring for them and providing for them, making sure they feel safe and secure and protected. And they're putting them in environments where they can grow in their understanding of the word of God. And so the husband should be obviously, putting his family in church and activities and, um, you know, things like that in the church, encouraging her to take part in women's Bible studies or women's discipleship groups, things like that. Yeah. Um, it's also important for the man, the husband to mm -hmm. also make sure that he is spending time with God, right? Sure. To make sure that he, cause you can't lead a family without being the one who does the work. And that's something that I, as a wife appreciate, Mm -hmm. you know, not only are you the pastor, but I see you doing quiet time at home. I see you spending time reading your Bible, um, spending time in the word and with God. And I think that's something that, you know, if a man wants to lead a woman, then, you know, you can't expect your wife to do something that you're not doing. Yeah. And I think that's important. Sure. And, um, you know, just communicating, uh, letting her know that you do love her, uh, letting her know that she is beautiful, that you are attracted to her as the bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh. Um, and, uh, just letting her know you care. I mean, I think, Communication is something that is so important, not just between a husband and wife in terms of caring for and desiring and things like that, but just in terms of making decisions and living life, doing life together. It's important to communicate, whether it be about finances or parenting or decisions that need to be made or, or just... You know, how's your day been? What are the things that you're struggling with? What's wrong? What's right? What are you excited about? I mean, whatever it is, just communicating with one another. Definitely. And even things like on the calendar. I mean, it may seem silly, but, you know, just communicating those things like, hey, next week I'm going to be gone the entire night. I'm not going to be home. You and the kids do whatever it is that you need to do. But, you know, just that's just 
one way that you can show love instead of just not coming home. You know, I've talked to several people. They're like, well, I didn't even know he wasn't coming home tonight. He didn't tell me. And I cooked dinner and I prepared dinner and put it on the table and then sat there and he never came home. And so there's yeah, a lot of... Yeah, that's happened to you before. It did happen one time, why, but then it didn't happen why, again. I why are you, why are you acting anything. like there's all these people out there and you're describing something that happened to you? Well, I really was talking about other people because I've heard that quite <laughs> a bit. But I, I forgot. It did actually happen with Whatever. <laughs> that's that passive-aggressive... No, it's Oh, not. I remember this one time when no. this friend that I had, she went through this and then you explained <laughs> something <laughs> that she just went through last week. No. It's like, busted. No. Okay, let's move on to the leaving cleaving. Okay. Okay. So you said that that was something that I had a hard time with. Um, and should I share my story? I mean, I guess I kind of alluded, alluded to it at the very beginning. I guess I should. Sure, yeah. Okay. You know what story I'm talking about. So I had a very hard time in our marriage in the beginning. Um, and I just decided, you know, I didn't want to be married anymore. Yeah. Um, I remember that. I don't remember the hairbrush, but I remember this part. I remember this part. Well, yeah. it's kind of hard not to. Um, and it's something that's still, you know is painful for me to think back on. Um, and it's not something I'm proud of. Um, but I left Jeremy. Um, I didn't leave him for someone else. Uh, but I went to my parents. I packed up half of the house, took half of the bank account. Um, and and the dog. And when the dog too, I did. We didn't have children. Didn't even leave me the dog. Goodness gracious. I did. I took Daisy with me or was it Jada? It was I don't remember what dog it was. Yeah. So anyways, I took all these things. He came home from work randomly, which is really weird because he wasn't supposed to be home until later and came home. And I'll never forget you sitting there just crying, watching me leave with all of my things. Um, But I was just adamant. I'm done. I'm no longer in this. He doesn't love me. He doesn't respect me. Um, And I just don't want to be married. And so I left. And And she left the hairbrush just to prove a point. (laughs) I did. I left it and said, peace out. No, I didn't. Um, But I did. I left. And um, I went to counseling um, with a Christian counselor. And I've tried finding her so many times over the years and... um, I haven't been able to find her. But no, you didn't I, leave and go to a counselor. No, I went to my parents, but then I went to a counselor the whole time we weren't there, is because, what I'm saying. Because why? Because I went to the pastor, and the pastor said... And thank God you, there's still people out there... Amen. ...that, that speak the truth to people, yes. even when they don't want to hear it. I know, and I'll never and, forget what he said. And what did he say? He said, is God telling you to leave? Is God okay with divorce? And I said, I don't care. I said, I'm so miserable and so fed up. And there may be people that are listening right now that you say, you're thinking, I am, I'm fed up. I'm done. I'm miserable. There's no way that I can remain in this marriage. But y'all, if I hadn't, oh my goodness, I can't imagine my life without Jeremy. I can't imagine my life without our three children. And at this time, we just want to remind you about point number one of this podcast. (laughs) There's no such thing as a perfect marriage. There's not. You're not always going to be happy. That's right. The happily ever after does not exist. It's not reality. Yeah. It's, It's only in movies. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead with your story. Okay, so, um, and not trying to throw our parents under the bus. Goodness, I feel bad. I hope they're not listening to this podcast, but... Throw those um, movies away. They're not true. No, don't throw the movies away. I'm kidding. I'm talking about all the romantic comedies. Oh, I was like, I don't know what you're... I was like, what? All the Disney movies that are like they're 
You know, they're yeah. happily ever after. Yeah, no. Yeah, they don't live happily ever after. Yeah, they need to make a movie about what comes after happily they, ever they, after. They live happily ever after for the weekend. And then, Maybe. And then life happens. Hey, we had an argument on our wedding day before the wedding. No, Do you remember not, that? No, we're not going to talk about that. Okay, we're not talking about that. Okay. I don't remember it anyway. <laughs> we did. I don't remember what it was about, but we did. Um, so anyways, I left. I went to my mom's house. My parents let me come in. Obviously, I'm 20 years old. I mean, where else am I going to go? Of course, they're going to let me come in. They had an open bedroom. Why not? Um, I get there. I tell them all about what Jeremy had done wrong, how horrible he was, how mean he was, um, and just share way too much information jeremy goes to his parents house and knocks on the door and what does your mom say i have no idea i don't remember any of this she said son you have to go home this is something that you and your wife have to work out that sounds exactly like what my mom would say doesn't it that was a long time ago though it was a very long time ago i mean we were 20 and 21 years old but you know I remember you being mad at your mom, but I can see where she's coming from. And now it's something that we have agreed on is that we do not ever talk about our spouse in a negative way with our parents. We never say, well, they did blah, 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 and I'm so mad and I'm angry. And because the truth is, is that we can forgive one another much faster and easier than our parents can because, you know, my parents, like I'm their baby girl and to forgive you is much more difficult than for me to forgive you because we're married. It's just, it's easier that way. So. Exactly. So are you going to keep going with this story? That's I thought the story, you're... babe. No, that's not the story. That's, that's a, it. That's, that's all you got. Yes. Okay. All right. So leaving and cleaving mm-hmm. and, uh, Let's end it on a good note. Maybe well, like well, we're not we're not finishing right oh. now. Well, we do but, need to talk about dating your spouse. Okay, we do need to talk about that. So yeah, but but then coming back to the end of the pastor scripture, I was reading. Oh, this yeah, is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And so, in other words, what he's saying is that when a marriage, when it, when a marriage is done right. And the husband is fulfilling his role as the husband, and the wife is fulfilling her role as the wife. When when there's a perfect picture of what God intended for marriage to be, it points people to Christ's love for the church. That is that that is a perfect picture of how God loves us right. unconditionally. So, like, when I do stupid stuff and it frustrates you, but you love me anyway and continue to submit to me as a leader, even though you don't necessarily appreciate everything that I've done, you're still submitting to me as a leader, that that reminds us of what it looks like for us as a church, even when it's hard to follow Christ and to submit to His Word, the importance of doing that. And whenever I love you, even when I feel like you're not being submissive or you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing as a wife, um, that reminds people when they see marriages like that, it reminds them of how God loves us, even when we're not supposed or even when we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Um, doesn't mean that it's justified or okay, but that's a picture of God's love for us and in his relationship 
with us. And so the more godly marriages we have in the church, the more God is glorified because it's a picture of how God loves us. And it's a picture of Christ and his love for us. And uh, there, there's no such thing as a perfect marriage, but there is a perfect gospel and there's a perfect God and a perfect plan for salvation. And, and that's what, I mean, that's ultimately what we want our marriage to reflect is our love for one another um, being a, a picture of God's love for us and uh, our operating as a godly husband and godly wife to be a picture of God and, and Jesus and us as the bride of Christ submitting to the authority of Christ and um, God loving us even when we fall short of that. Right. Well, and even, you know, talking about there's no perfect marriage, even though we can never get there, we still have to try. Like, we still have to work on um, being a better spouse. It's something that never stops. You know, even if you have an argument, it doesn't mean, oh, we're just going to give up. Like, we're done. We're sinners. There's no way that we can come back from this, but that's not the case. You just have to keep on pressing on. Yeah, and there's no qualifier there. There's no qualifier. It doesn't say husbands love your wives if she's submitting. It doesn't say wives submit to your husbands if he's loving you like Christ loves the church. There's not a qualifier. And so you do you and what you're supposed to do according to God's word as the husband or the wife, regardless of what your spouse does. And I think that's the other thing that we, we've got to, we got to talk about that because so many times, like I know I've talked to couples that need counseling and, you know, the husband comes in and says, well, this is all the stuff she's doing. The wife comes in, this is all the stuff that she's doing and probably some of the same counseling advice that, that you got. That's why I was wanting you to finish your story, but you stopped your story. Oh, um, sorry. But well, I didn't know the, where you were going. Some of the same counseling advice that you got, same counseling advice I give is you can't control them. Yeah. You can't change their heart. You can't make them do what they're supposed to do. But God has not called you as the husband to fix the wife, and God has not called you as the wife to fix the husband. God has called you as the wife to be the wife he's called you to be, That's right. and you as a husband to be the husband that God's called you to be. Um, and the only person you can fix is yourself. And so instead of thinking about if you are in that situation right now and you say, oh, you don't understand, my marriage is horrible, like we've got so many problems and always arguing and there's no passion there and we're just so disconnected and we've grown so far apart. You cannot change them. You cannot fix their heart, but there are things you can do for yourself uh, to to make yourself a better uh, husband or a better wife, more godly husband, more godly wife. You, You can correct some things in your life to be the husband or wife God's called you to be, and, as you were saying, what always happens. And in turn, it typically pulls the other person in the right direction. And that's something that, as you said, when I was meeting with my counselor, she told me, she said, we're not here to talk about all of his failures and struggles. Let's talk about yours. And let's 
see what the Bible has to say about that. And it's something that I talk to women about a lot. You know, like you said, they come in and they want to say, well, he did blank and blank and blank. Well, what did you do? I didn't do anything wrong. Well, we all know that that's not true. There's always always two sides to a story, sometimes even three. And, um, you know, we have to work on ourselves and make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, we're, uh, we're running out of time, but we do need to talk about the importance of dating your spouse. Yes. And so when we say dating your spouse, it, it's not just... Um, it's not just the date itself. Uh, there, there's more to it than just actually going on a date. And so when, when we use that phrase, date your spouse, what, what does that mean? Why is that important? And why should we do it? Because, you know, we've got scripture that says, wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. We don't have anything in scripture that says date your spouse. So talk to us about why that's important. Well, I think that prioritizing time with one another is very important. Um, in order for us to submit love, respect, you know, all those things, in order for us to be able to do that, we have to spend time with one another. Um, and for those who have small children um, or for those who are maybe, you know, older and they're caring for their elderly parents, um, you have to take time to date your spouse. And, you know, yeah, that could be us going to the Cheesecake Factory, which I really wish we had one here, but we don't. Um, it could be us going to dinner, could be us going to a movie, could be us going to walk in a park. Um, but it could also just be, hey, we're going to put the kids to bed early tonight and we're going to watch a movie or we're going to start a series and we're going to put the kids in bed every night early, about 30 minutes so we can watch a series and we can just spend time with one another um, or we cook a special meal for the other person or, you know, just intentionality. I think that's the that's the point of it. Intentionality. Intent, oh, my. Blah, blah. <laughs> intentionally prioritizing time with your spouse. To me, that's the best way to describe it. So spending time and... Um, and I have to... Let me hang on. Let me interject there. Not spending time on your phone. If you both are looking at your own phones while you're together, that's not a date. How many times do we go out and see people like at a table and it's two people and they're both on their phones? Yeah. It's the social media trap. It is. It's a distraction. It is. And it's one of those things that, uh, unfortunately, now, you know, we talked about finances and we talked about upbringing and, and children and, you know, those things that Satan uses to try to uh, sow discord in a marriage. Uh, now he uses technology to he do does. that, like bad. Gosh, um, yes. Causes okay. you to get fixated on yeah. somebody else Have or somebody else's life baby? or... The, uh, the the social... Um, Media? What was it called? Yeah, yeah we, we mentioned it. Y'all did? I okay. forget what it was called, though. Um, Man, if y'all have not seen that, you need to watch it. Yeah. It's on Netflix? Yeah. Which I was kind of surprised. But it's not the social media trap. It's something else. It's... Um, I was surprised that it was like as big as The it social was. dilemma, I think. Ooh, that might yeah, have think, been it. I think yeah. it was the social dilemma. But it was I good. don't know. Anyways. But uh, yeah, that's just another thing that Satan wants to throw in there to uh, to cause division in the marriage. And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself on a date looking at your phone. And not only is that not going to help bring you closer, 
it's actually going to drive you farther apart. Yeah. So when you go out and when you spend time together, spend time together. But when I say date your spouse, I'm not just talking about spending time together. I, I mean, I'm talking about flirting with each other, yep. letting people or letting people. Yeah, let's not let <laughs> let's people, not let in people on that. Uh, let's romancing uh, let, one another. Yeah, let, let your spouse know that you're attracted to them, that you want them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's important. It is. That's important for the husband and the wife, probably a little bit more for the husband. Um, but it's important for the wives as, as well. Yeah. it's But different love languages. I know. I know. You know, different. Men are made uh, completely very different than yeah, women. Yeah. Yeah. Different uh, things inspire and motivate. And um, so do we want to go there? Uh, we can. Sure. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, no, no. You, you open us up. I, okay, oh my goodness, I cannot believe I'm going to say this with everybody to hear. But it's important, and I think that it's important for people to hear this, but sex is important within the marriage. And, you know, I think it's something that people don't talk about a lot. Um, it's something that I feel like when I was brought up, I didn't hear a lot about it, and I definitely didn't hear a lot about it in the church. And so I didn't have a biblical or a real example or knowledge of what that's supposed to look like in a marriage. Um, and I think that churches are really doing a disservice to people by not talking about that and saying that, Hey, sex is good. Sex is important, but where is it important? Where is it? Where does God intend for that to be? Within the bonds of marriage. But once you get married and, and I tell people this before I marry them, like, I want to make sure they understand that sex is a good thing. It is a gift from God. And you don't need to be having it until you get married. Yeah. But when you get married, have it. And have a lot of it. I was waiting on that. I just <laughs> knew you were going to say it. Yeah. But it's true. And, you know, I think that that's something that's important. Um, I have heard so many women say, the connection's not there. I don't know what to do. And that's actually a question that I ask women. I mean, I'm not going to ask them while they're sitting next to her husband. That'd be awkward. Um, but if I'm counseling a woman and I talk to her and I say, have you been intimate? Oh, no, it's been like six months. We have five kids. Like, we don't have time. And I'm like... Okay, <laughs> hang on. We need to talk. Like this is something that you have to do. Your husband have that's a way that your husband knows that you love him. It's a connection. That's something that you and your spouse can share only together as one, and it's something that God talks about. Yeah, put those kids in front of a TV screen or give them an iPad or something. Send them to their room, lock the door, and spend some time together. Date your spouse. Date your spouse in the bedroom. In the bedroom. That too. And then flirt with each other during the day. Yeah. Like send each other messages and inspire one another. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's all we'll say about that. But it's all important. That's important to, to draw closer to one another as a husband and wife. Those things are important. And again, it goes back to communication, like letting each other know that you do desire one another. And that you do want to spend time together. And then when you have the opportunity to spend time together. Actually spend time together. Actually spend time together and yeah. focus on one another. And uh, that's what it means to leave and cleave. to cleave. That's the cleaving I'm talking about. That's not the only cleaving, but I, I like that say. type of cleaving. Yeah, you do. So, all right. 
Well, well, thank you for having me. Yeah. And I have to, can I say it? Go ahead and shout yes. out your podcast. Yeah. So I have a podcast that's coming up very soon. Um, I It is for women. We're super excited. I'm going to be recording a podcast. And actually, we've already recorded the first episode. But it's going to be myself and um, our children's director here at Emanuel, Virginia Brennan. And it's called Edify. And we're going to uplift, uplift women and point them to the cross. And um, we're really, really excited. It's going to be good stuff. It's going to be good stuff. Check out our podcast. And uh, that's episode 17. And Cam and I always find a way to get some music oh, involved in the podcast. We didn't do it. But I've got one for us as we wrap be. up episode 17. And look forward to episode 18 when Cam comes back. Here it is. I'm not playing this with Cam, but since my wife's in front of me, let's go ahead and do it. Don't do it. Oh, it didn't work. I guess you... Oh, my goodness. All right, that's episode 17, and we got to go because Lauren said, I need to go date my spouse. Let's go. We're out. Sing it!